guys like us, we come back from this and we're looking for something to fill this void. And, you know, it says it says it's right in the Bible. It says like that only through a relationship with Jesus Christ and, and God will quench that thirst that we keep yawning for. Never quit. Never quit. Never quit radio. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Don't buckle up, Buttercup. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit Podcast. As always, thank you guys for listening and watching, and please don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button wherever you get your show. So today we're going to start things off with a little intro video that our guest Dennis Price has given us. Uh, this is going to just outline everything that he's been up to, and then we're going to jump into it straight after that. So with that being said, let's get started. My name is Dennis Price. I served about 17 years in the Marine Corps. 15 years active duty, uh, force recon, scout sniper, ranger, uh, JSOC. I say all this um, because at one point in my life, it meant so much to me, those titles. Probably the greatest title I ever had was uh, being a father. I joined the Marine Corps about 17 years old, about 16 years ago in Iraq. Uh, I was a machine gunner. We were doing a convoy operation from Fallujah to Ramadi just like we did hundreds of times before. We were coming up through the city of Ramadi and we were coming up under an underpass through a bridge. Once you go under the bridge, you, you switch lanes. The first vehicle goes, they do the, exactly what they're supposed to do. The next vehicle goes, he ran over a IED uh, and it kicked off what changed my life for the worst. The vehicle in front of me gets decimated a rocket flies in between me and the vehicle, and then it kicks off this ID initiated ambush. To my left, to the southeast of the city of Ramadi, we started getting shot at, and all we could see was muzzle blast through the city. After watching that moment of my buds just getting destroyed, I was so mad, I was so angry. I wanted to kill every single person there that day. We were trapped on the X for what seemed to be eternity. From there, I struggled through life and walked through life. I, I feel like I couldn't feel anything but uh, bitter hate, rage. Uh, I had two modes. I was either pissed off or, or super pissed off. Uh, and I let that fire within me consume my life. I started trying to replace that hole inside me and my spirit with anything that I could fill it with. At the time, it was like since I pushed out God from my life, he was always there. I just thought he had no place in war. Whenever I came back, I would try to get back into uh, religion, back in the church, um, and it worked for a little bit. I did seven back-to-back -back deployments in the Marine Corps, and then I did six more in the private military contracting world. I was chasing the high, trying to fulfill what that void left in my soul. I slowly allowed God back into my life. And then I always went back uh, each deployment to 
pushing him back out. My youngest daughter, she was born with two rare diseases, Beckwith-Wiedelman syndrome, BWS. I thought my life was over. I thought the world was crashing down on my shoulders. When I got handed that $1.2 million bill from Amelia's Medical, that was my solution. It was that my family will get $400,000 or $500,000. This, this was my answer, like this was my fault. My family would be better off without me. I eventually let the devil into my head so much that there was no other logical thought in my head. He convinced me, and there was not a solid reason past that, to take my own life. At this point, I was in my basement working out um, and biking for like an hour. I eventually picked up the phone after a couple hours, and I, I, I called one of my, my close buds uh, and friends. In my head, I was like, this is, the, this is not a false promise. Like, I can't think of one solid reason not to blow my brains out right now. Maybe he can give me one reason. He didn't pick up. I, I called again. He was, he was out traveling. All else was up white noise. I couldn't think of a single reason not to do it. Hour three or four goes by, uh, and I'm still staring at the gun. One last thought goes through my head, and it's a random statistic I read and says, if a parent commits suicide, your children then are 10 times more likely to then commit suicide. And I'm sitting there like, wow, I can't believe that's, that, that's what just randomly popped in my head. So I, as all these statistics are racing through my head and I have the gun in my hand, I'm like, man, I can't, I cannot fake it. I can't hack it one more day to give my kids a better life. I can't even do that one last time. I put the gun down and I, I go in and I, I put on Cornerstone TV, which is a church channel. And I'm like, man, I'm so messed up right now. I need, I need help. I go seek help through counseling and everything uh, and go back to what I know, you know, just, uh, just like everyone's baseline, just like zeroing a sniper rifle or anything like that. I needed zeroed in life. I had to go back to a baseline. And what is that baseline? It's Christianity. I, it's, it's the church. I don't care if I have to work every hour of my life. I will pay off this $1.2 million debt. I will, I will figure out a way to do it and give my family the father they deserve. I got out and joined um, you know, what used to be called Blackwater. And I started uh, government contracting through different contracts, uh, OGA ones to just various different ones. I was walking down the hallways and all of a sudden it felt like I got struck by lightning. And that is the best way I always try to describe it. Every hair on my body was standing up. And that's the first and uh, only time I ever, heard, I ever heard the audible voice of God. And he says, you have to go save them. I was like, what? What's going on? And I go down the hall, I turn on the TV, and I see Afghanistan, uh, Kabul, all about to fall. And this is before it fell. My, my rebuttal was, what can I do? And the next response was, anything. Within one day, I had a family who had six children. I got given them uh, a family. I got given a mission. I got given a timeline saying in six days, their oldest daughter who's 14 and their youngest uh, and their second daughter who's 11 are gonna be raped and sold off to the Taliban. And with God's power and everything like that, within 24 hours, I owned a 50 acre compound in Alaska. 24 hours after that, I, I had a six man sp joint special operations team. 24 hours after that, I had a plane and I had access to go in Afghanistan. On the fifth day, we rescued his family out of Afghanistan. That changed my life. From that moment, immediately rescuing them, uh, I, I got shifted all of these missions. Uh, in two weeks, I was able to save 55 Americans out of Afghanistan, what now is formed to save our allies. I got invited for that, and then that's when I met uh, Chad Robichaud, and he heard what I was doing and what I did, and he offered me to go on a two-man unsupported operation uh, to cross into Afghanistan and save uh, remainder Americans and provide routes uh, out of Afghanistan. 
I said, well, this is God's calling. Two weeks later, we went to Afghanistan, we went to Tajikistan, and we eventually uh, was able to save, you know, about uh, 82 American and, and vetted interpreters out of Afghanistan. I say that all because um, this is not my story to tell, this is God's story. He used me, a broken man, used my life skill when I convinced myself years ago that God, I was here as God's war vessel. It was just that slight shift from going from taking lives to saving lives. It changed my life. I now dedicate my life to serving God, serving the Lord, um, and using my skill set to helping others and so serving others. Now uh, I work at Mighty Oaks. I go around and help other veterans. I help them deal with the uh, same exact things I, I am. And I go around the world and, and just try to help people out because that's ultimately uh, what we're here for. I'm all about that. Ours is uh, Eagle Scout and your black belt. We call them black eagles in the family. <laughs> okay. I think if you have those two skill sets, and even the scouts, I know it's kind of it's leaning another way. People aren't doing it anymore. Maybe it's time for something new to come online. All the SF guys that have come out. Yeah. You got all these great schools. There's a model. I mean, I think the Boy Scouts, I don't think they should throw that away. Are you a scout? Uh, Do you no, know any? But there are the Royal Rangers, uh, which are church-embedded mock uh, of that. Okay. Is that what they're called? That that's what uh, my new church. Uh, that's what they they and I'm all. I I've don't, heard about that. I've heard that yeah that they're doing that. So I was curious because my grandfather, my father, all of them had their Eagle Scouts. Nice. I was too. The black belt's huge. Yes. So that that black belt in any in any discipline. Yeah. Whatever you can. Whatever. Yep. God, wherever God stuck you. If there's another. If there's something around there, you get your ass in it because it's just body confidence. Yeah. Coordination, coordination, self confidence, self discipline. Talk about that. And then, and in general, my my thing is once I became a man, and I don't mean like oh whatever. Uh, I mean when I didn't have to walk in fear anymore. Um, like because we're, we're I have four kids, you know, uh, family man. Uh, if another man comes to me and tries to punk me out or do or steal what is mine in front of me and my children, do I have the self confidence to stop him? And because I'm a man of violence, I know what I can do to him. And and now I don't have to back up and fear and whatever else. And every man has that right and should uh, be trained in that way. So we don't have to walk in. That's why everyone has guns now because everyone's too afraid to go fisticuff and they pull out a knife or they pull out a gun because instead of just walking away and solving it physically they everyone's so scared so they they carry guns now you know it's because everyone started training in jujitsu and everyone thinks that everyone is a badass and they are and then here we are i mean we we, we just got back from two all these wars look at us man i mean we're designed to look terrifying that was the whole idea and then we came back and the freaking kids got online you're like oh now you got to switch it around so i have a theory of the jiu-jitsu part and the MMA, uh, I think, stemmed, uh, I think that broke up where now everyone can do it. Because I think the worst part was getting jumped and people kicking you on the ground. So, like, before yeah. MMA and whatever, if yeah, I were yeah. to go in the streets and, and I were to fight someone, uh, it's all, like, the honor in fighting went away. So, if I were to fight you or something like that and, like, and boom, I hit the ground... Now you stomp my face until I'm – so now I'm scared. I have to protect my – I bring a gun. And yeah. now I don't know how to fight or something like that. So therefore, I will pull it out when I feel in danger. Now you know I have a gun. You carry a gun. And then the yeah. world – Sure. And that's where I think One thing feeds itself. Yeah, absolutely. One thing feeds the other. One thing absolutely feeds the other. And that – what you said about 
being a man. Can you walk down the street with your family and fear nothing? That if that's I, I had never heard a definition. Yeah. Have you read that anywhere? No, I made it up. That's, yeah. it's, it's good. Because I remember, I don't remember when that happened. Mm. Do you remember the day where uh, you came out? Because with us, we kind of evolve into this thing and we come back. I didn't have the family evolving. when I was in. Yeah, it's an evolved thing. Yeah. But I, I put, I, I thought about that, what you just said. I mean, it's been in my head before when, when we're walking around. I'm very comfortable wherever they're at. Yeah. Like comfortable to see everybody else having a good time mm. and then not just solely focus on this, this, that, and the other. I, yeah, I... I agree with that 100%, man. I, I, and so one of the things I try to do now is uh, I, I try to encourage other men uh, and other males, we'll say, uh, to, to take up these jujitsu sports, to take up uh, anything, anything. Go to the anything. gym, do whatever, because you shouldn't have to live in fear. And us as men, as providers and defenders, we, we should be able to walk around with our family and not feel that someone's going to punk us out, take what is ours, or do something where we have to shy away from conflict. You know? You got to, we, we've probably played this game throughout time. That's uh, probably where sport came from. I'm like, hey, man, we can all learn to be badasses. Yeah. And we can all learn to fight. We can do this. And you you got to think the traditional karate and. That all stemmed from holding a weapon in their hand. And they pulled the weapon out of their hand. And then they got good at the ground. There's a ground game. There's absolutely a standing game. Mm. There's an offset game. There's, dude, there's fighting on horses. Yeah. I mean, we can go all the way. You know how technical humans can get. Look what we did. Look what we had access to, all that tech. Yeah. yeah. To, to, do, to do those things. Mm. I do think that whatever you can get yourself into, yeah, go do it. Yeah. Because you're just learning what you can do. The, the, no one likes to get hit. No one likes to get pushed. No one likes to get talked to. No one likes to get talked to. Everyone, <laughs> they, you know what I'm talking about? In the beginning, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. if an adult, some adults can walk in the room, man, and the way they address you will scare the piss out of you. Mm-hmm. Just by the tone of their voice when they're trying to be heartful, yeah. not hurtful. It's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So you need to know, and that's the best part about having people older than you that have done it. And now there's some I took my kid into a couple of schools, man. They just and he was learning how to do this, and they just kicked the shit out of him, and he got even more intimidated. <laughs> and that's the worst. You know what I'm talking about? That's the beaten dog theory. Like, yeah, and I, it, do I, I, I spank him? I know it. I know the theory. I get it. I yeah. understand it. I've been there, you know. But <laughs> some of them don't re- respond to that. Yeah, that's the coolest part I think about the kids. And when you see all that, is like, hey, man, this worked on me. And you you think it, but it's it's different. That's the cool part about being a teacher now. Is you're kind of like. Freaking changes. Yeah, if the only tool in the toolbox that you have is a hammer, then everything's a nail. Right, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, like, if this worked on me or whatever, it was, like, so one of the, when I first came back from my first deployment in Iraq, uh, like, 17 years ago, uh, we came back, and the next platoon was, a hot, um, we were gearing them up for Afghan, and there's this, you know, fat, like, 18-year-old, like, Unathletic, nerdy, you know everything like that. And no sex specs, whole <laughs> yeah, freaking yeah. whole nine. What do they right call now. birth control goggles? Yeah, yeah, BC, BCs. <laughs> yeah. That's right, BCs. So uh, one of my my guys, uh, my seniors, who um, he eventually told him, he's like, if you don't start going to the gym, like we're gearing up again to go back, back to combat. He's like, if you don't start going to the gym, I'm gonna come in the, every day in your room and beat your ass. Yeah, and and they did, and they and they worked. And, yeah. yeah, and it worked. Yeah, and I, I was very surprised about that. Uh, and <laughs> I think that's why we can do that. Otherwise, I don't think we would have that particular ability. Because some people, it just whatever it is, it takes a little fire. And then, how many times the, at, at the funerals that we've been to, when people are talking about the guys who've died, when they, when they really talk about them? And this kind of got to me the other day. Someone had explained this to me, and I never really thought about it. 
I was like, but some of us died and people thought we were dead. And then the guys that die, when we talk about them, when they usually what you hear about is like, man, what I loved about him is he told me how it was. I mean, what they say at your funeral is probably the most important stuff, right? And you hear, we've been to enough of them where there's certain things, certain guys like, man, that guy was straight up with me. He freaking let me know how it was, what I was, when I was supposed to do it. And those are the guys that, that um, it's those kind of traits that you admire about, about men, especially. Mm. I think it's a dying trait. What is it? Well, I mean, what is it? I mean, how, how is that possible? After everything that our generation's been through, there's no freaking way we could, we're getting weaker. I think we're, uh, so you might know him, uh, Luis Le- Rivera, SEAL team guy, um, uh, was in like Bud's class, like two, three, four documentary. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Check. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. So, um, I, I called him before I came here. I was asking Everybody knows him. that Hollywood class, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think they didn't get shit for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I called him. I always call him before I do a podcast to pray for me and like, and how I can articulate, you know, uh, how do I how do I say my story and not be too Bible thumping, you know? Because yeah. it involves God a lot. Because you know, if I ever how I tell it, it leads to one conclusion. Tell however you yeah you can tell however you want. That's the best part. Well, here's the deal: is if you have the ability to do that, then you should. Yeah, because some people can't articulate it. They can't. They'll either articulate it one side too hard to where they won't hear your story. Because mm-hmm. once you start spitting scripture, yeah. people will shift to that. Mm-hmm. That's why there's the mind, body, and the spirit. Mm. And if we're just sitting around talking about war stories about us getting our ass kicked for the scripture, mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Then, then if you have the ability to mix those, absolutely. And that takes practice. Yeah. That that that, that takes practice, bro. And and if you can get good at that, then then what you've done is you can correlate the two. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm at right now in my point of life. I, is, that I, where, is that where that where they got you? I it did. It got oh, me okay, here. Check. So, I, 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 <laughs> dude, go ahead. So so I think. Uh, and this is through falling on my face a million times and pushing God out a whole bunch and, and trying to take things in my own hands and falling on my face again, uh, that God, like, you know, I could go into a church and preach and like live this holy life, but that's not who God uses for like people like us. He uses these war torn, like war warriors and he, he exposes us to certain things and uses us. And then we eventually find through Christ. And then now I'm able to sit here, worry to worry. And like, otherwise if a guy came here, like, you know, never served anything like that from like Houston, bald head, like fat belly. He was like, you should learn about God. Like you're probably going to brush him off. But like guys like us, it's like, we can reach those hard hardened people in those hard areas and like missionary work in like Cuba, Haiti, all those people in need. And you're like, Hey, I'm here to help. Like, and this is who I am, and I'm, I'm here to help uh, preach the gospel, but I'm also here to help you and uh, free the oppressed. Bro, I hit him with the Star Wars analogy. I was like, hey, we're, we were raised on the dark side of the force, man. We're, we're G-Watts, God's warriors of terror. All right, so we had to go out there and go, look, when we came of age, everything that happened to us, imagine those of us in the family, right? We get kicked furthest away when we get in here. Mm-hmm. And then you got to go through all that academy, all through that war and everything like that. And then you come out on the other side so you can go back in there and teach that. Because there's people that don't have any, they haven't seen anything. Mm-hmm. And that, that blew my mind. I was like, I can't, I can't um, imagine that people haven't seen what we've seen. You know, but they don't travel like we've traveled. And then the, with the internet, and then they got stuck in certain places. And what that thing does, you can see, I, can, I can understand how it can perpetuate out of control. Mm-hmm. Maybe the best thing it did happen to us is they sent us away. Yeah, there's a there's a thing when I was coming up in the in the military, 
Um, <laughs> it's extremely not politically correct or anything like that. But uh, dude, that's my brother's <laughs> side, man. Not mine. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so they said uh, twenty-one years of war, like. The, those like meat eaters and all these like alphas and everything like that. We were we were back to back to back to deployments and out there, and then all of a sudden, hell, training was harder. I yeah. didn't interrupt you, but we, the, when we were back, there was no interim. Go ahead. Yeah, and then back it here in college and everyone else, all these you know so called leaf eaters and everything. They were taking an office. They were outbreeding. They were pushing their politics. Their, their their sphere of influence were growing while we were out there for twenty years. Yeah, and we came back here. And we come back to what is a what is a, what is a uh, female? What is a woman? You know what is you know what? Why can all right? Can you believe that? I mean, what the hell were y'all doing when we were away? We weren't gone that long. I didn't think. I don't know. <laughs> Time machine. What the hell <laughs> happened? I mean, I completely when we when we came together, our generation. And then right when those wars kicked off, man, I, I remember everything being great mm -hmm. I, in those in the late nineties, two thousands. That was a great time. Mm -hmm. And then when that's when that happened and we started growing apart, I, I guess we grew apart, right? And they went in the direction that they went, and then we went in ours. And we, I wonder, if it's kind of chaotic now. They're all back together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much what it is. It's uh, there's nothing for us to go, and we're coming back here. We're trying to fit in, and we came back to what we thought we left at. Yeah. And uh, and we're trying to fit in. They took something where in their head where they were going and we we both like ran opposite ways what, like you can't believe yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i completely see that man that absolutely did happen every guy that we roll around with we definitely talk about that all the time man and uh and there, there's a whole bunch of uh i always like to he see the theories of it and like a lot of people say it's it's the removal of the the man in the house yeah. um so uh a nucleus of the family that was broken up and it's been targeted so you know uh a stay-at-home mom who has to raise kids. She now has to work. So now who's raising your kids? It's the it's the culture. It's uh, public schooling. And now they're raising your kids. And instead of having morals, ethics, watching a strong father, a strong mother together and having, you know, uh, Christ in the household, um, your left and right lateral limits are what will get me put in jail or what will get me outcasted in society. And that is your left and right lateral limits instead of like what is what is the morality and ethics and principles of like the Bible or Christianity or religion. Um, and I think taking Christ out of the household and taking the man out of the household, that's why we're suing chaos. Well, yeah, as soon as you put man in charge, he's fallible. Anybody mm -hmm. can find anything wrong with what you're doing and what you say. You're seeing that right now. Yeah. That's the craziest part about it. Most of the time, you just have to be there. You just have to sit your ass there. I mean, when people, my kid was telling me the other day, he's like, man, you look, you know, people are scared. People, you know, when they, you look mean. I'm like, well, that was the whole point back in the day. I didn't know I was going to live this long. Most of my guys didn't. <laughs> we didn't think we were going to freaking make it, but we did. Now here we are. I was like, so you got to switch that around. Oh, I even tell the guys now when I'm on, when I go out, I'm like, hey, look, when you move back into your town, your neighbors aren't going to come talk to you. They're not. They're just scared to death. Like I said, you look terrifying. You know, all the stories they hear about us, they're true, most of them. If they came out of somewhere, especially where we were at, mm -hmm. and both those places, if something came out of there, there was something there. Mm -hmm. that, that's just how it was. We, when, we threw, when they threw us in there, we had no idea what that was. And then when we came back, the way I, I had to switch it in my head, kind of like you did, but it, yeah, the, you know, Jesus is the boss, man. His, my assignment was to marry that beautiful woman. That's my kid right there. Mm. I just had to make sure he, I was, you know, hey, do you? 
like the sergeant. Because <laughs> she outranks me. I couldn't yell back. I couldn't yell at her. I was talking to some guys the other day, man. Somebody said this. He goes, you know, if you ever caught anybody talking to your wife and kids the way you do sometimes, man, you'd freaking kill them. Not, not tell them to stop. You'd freaking. And our guys can do that. They look, we got taught that just for cool points and all the stuff that we were going to. You can't believe everything they taught our guys. Some of our guys say they had this. They did. And they're freaking dangerous. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, when you look at it, like, when, when they said that to me, that, 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 That'll hit that. It's not a yelling. It's like a reminding you. Like, that's your assignment is a woman and them kids. So, whatever they want to go do. And I mean, bro, listen to this. The other day we were at a basketball game. My son's 12 years old. It's quadruple overtime or something like that. Score was 34 34 or something. <laughs> and I had more stress watching them trying to win that damn basketball <laughs> game than I did when we were in combat. And we've been taught to shoot at people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you have to. You you can take your when they take us out of those elements and put us in doesn't mean that there's not stress. It comes at you differently, mm-hmm. and it, when you when you have the ability to hear that from other guys, that's the best. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our guys are searching for that. That there's a needs to be a filler. You gotta have the you gotta have God in your in, in everything. Mm-hmm. Period. So don't ever be afraid of talking about that. Yeah, yeah. That's something uh, that I struggle with and. Um... Like I was telling Hunter, I wanted to, to start with, uh, the podcast with that my uh, testimony intro just because it covers so much content, material, all this other stuff that uh, it took me a lifelong of of getting it wrong to hopefully get on track and, and slowly. And that only happened like two years ago. <laughs> so Yeah, right, right before quarantine probably. Right? <laughs> Actually, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I felt like we were going through something on that. I talked to a lot of the guys that got hit like that. So that was me uh, getting out of the military. So I was like 15 years in uh, in active duty service, uh, and I was getting on terminal leave, and you know everything was spiraling. Uh, my my fourth daughter was born with two rare diseases, um, and uh, and I got handed like a 1.2 million dollar medical bill, and I was like, what do I do? You know, what, like I, I now, uh, so the doctors told me after the life flighted her from Alabama to Children's Hospital, Philadelphia, they were like, uh, she, she spent six months in that, uh, specialty care clinic with my wife. I was active duty with three kids at the time trying to even stay afloat. And, uh, and then the doctor said like, you have to now only live in these two areas, Children's Hospital, Philadelphia or Children's Hospital right outside of Houston. Yeah. There's only two, one that can cover her special needs. I was like, I'm an active duty military. What, what can I do? And like, these are the only two things you can do. And so I, I got out right before early retirement and uh, and I got handed that $1.2 million uh, medical bill. And man, my life plummeted. Uh, I got that voice inside my head that was like, hey, you know, if, if, and all that. If, this how is, old? What, my daughter? No, how old are you? Uh, about 35. That's pretty steep at, at that age. Yeah, and that was like seven deployments in everything, and I was like, oh, and then that voice got in my head. You know, you know, our common enemy, uh, the devil, was like, it was like white noise. He was like, uh, this, this is happening because your daughter, because you devoted your life to combat, because you devoted your life to killing people. That you were this what, like, you were this mean person who grew in the hatred of other humans, and you, you kept, you know, you took God and you, you you labeled it and it said that you will be his war vessel and that all, all you knew and all the torment that you brought people through. Now this is your daughter is born. Be, uh, this is, this is happening oh, because yeah, of what you did. Yeah, yeah. 
So I had that, and like I said, I try to explain it kind of like a jammer. Like that white noise was like static in my ear. That no, all common sense, whatever someone would tell me, it, I, I couldn't even hear it. Like I was like, man, this is because of me. That is true. Like, and he got in my ear, and he's like, and if you do take your life, that one point two million dollar. You'll, your family will get $400,000. They will be set up for life. And this is all because of what you devoted your life to. And, you know, a dark night, uh, you know, um, on one night, it was took my own life. And uh, and that's when I came to God and, uh, and gave, just gave it all to him. And, yeah. People don't understand that. It's not a, a, an immediate thing. It's a step thing. Right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen just automatically. Like there's little things that happen and you keep the voice keeps, is that, is that how it works? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I try to, the best way I try to describe it is that white noise, like static, like it was jamming like a jammer. It was jamming my, my, my connection with God. Cause I grew up in the church. It was jamming my, my feeling that the guy was not present anymore, which was inaccurate. Uh, I could not hear the, like, I couldn't feel the presence of God. I was, I, that white noise was just tuned up more and more. And as I listened to it more, it tuned more and more. Yeah. And then I, I only could think of, you know, uh, and I just went down a bad path, convinced myself that this was, you know, the only way out. And then, uh, you know, um, eventually found, uh, found a statistic right when I was about to blow, you know, uh, had a gun in my hand, uh, that something I read like five plus years ago, it said that, uh, a, an ad- a parent who commits suicide, your children are five times more likely to grow up and commit suicide. That showed up right when you're fixing to do it? That threw, that came up in my head. Oh, check, Roger that. Yeah, that's how it works. That that's how it worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how it worked. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. And uh, and I was like, wow. I, I, it took me back, and I was like, and then uh, a then another stat immediately followed up, and it was like, uh, um, a male uh, raised without a father is again five times more likely to be incarcerated, uh, yeah, incarcerated. Incarcerated. Uh, the female. I've I have three daughters and one son. Uh, females. Preteen te- pregnancies are like ten times more likely if they grow up without a father. Now all this, these these stats, suicide to preteen pregnancies to you know incarceration rates. I'm like, man, I have a daughter who who's a newborn in the hospital, fighting for her life every day, and her dad can't even fight to fake it one more day. I can't even hack it one more day to fight for my kids. You know. Yeah. Uh, and that changed my life. Uh, I, I, I went in, I put it down. Uh, I went into my house. Um, my kids were asleep a few rooms over. Uh, and I turned on the TV, which is Cornerstone. Um, it's a Christian channel. And I was like, I'm so messed up. I need help. Um, and that's when I found God. Uh, I, I got back to the church, you know, and uh, dedicated my life to Christ. Uh, as I was slowly rehabbing of my relationship, like just let the sniper rifle, my zero was off. I needed to re-zero my, li- uh, my life back, just like my sniper rifle was off, and that, that's where I went. I went to the church, helped me out a, a great, tremendous amount, and then a few months later, boom, Afghan evacuations happened. And then that's what we were on your show last time with me and Chad yeah. Robichaud, where uh, I had to call the voice uh, to God to go do something, and, you know. Is everyone when you show, show up over there with him? Yeah. I, I didn't have that either when I was in. When you know that you're supposed to be where you're supposed to be because God wants you there, you know what a confidence that is? Yeah. I was talking to somebody this the other day. I was like, so you hear mind, body, and spirit all the time. Mind, body, and spirit, mind, body, and spirit. You have to train each one of those. Mm. Some people born in this world, they're body people. Mm. You can see them when they walk in the door. You, you, you're not born looking like that. You have mm. to earn that. 
I mean, when someone walks in the door and they look like they're in shape, then that means you, they, you know you got discipline, mm-hmm. right? They can take pain, and they, can, they got a routine going on, everything. Mm-hmm. People who like to work out and everything, they don't like to go to school. They don't like to study, and they don't like going to church. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Is that logical? And then the people who are real smart, you don't really recognize them until they open their mouth or until they do something for you. Mm-hmm. Then they're like, oh, 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 this guy's got some skills. They don't ever go to the gym. The nerds hate working out. They hate the athletes. Them two usually do not get along. And then the spirits. You can see them when they walk in. You can smell them sometimes. You know, they got beads hanging everywhere. They talk to you. They're, they're pacifists. They cry when they talk. And training each one of those does something. Like when you go into the gym and you train that body, look what it does. Look at Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, perfect example yeah. of what you can turn that thing into. Uh-huh. And how much time people spend studying what that does for them. Like these guys are freaking just going with it, man. You mm-hmm. can just... And then those people who go and they can talk scripture to you, or they're 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 fundamental. They're they're sharp with their tongue. That's a, the freaking most violent sword you can have. Yeah. I, when you look at when I kind of look at people now and I get to know them, I'm like, hey, what's your defense, man? I mean, obviously you can physically take care of yourself. I get that. But when you get to a certain age, you don't really have to engage like that's a chess game. Mm. So then we start talking. Mm. Well, that's a weapon too and a defense. Mm. And then those people who hate violence, you know, they don't like to talk, but, you know, they, but they can hit you spiritually. I mean, some people, if you break their spirit, we got giants in the, in the community, the toughest, biggest, baddest suckers ever, man. But they got, they, you know, they got glass hearts. You can just freaking break them. It's, it's look, amazing. Look at selection. Some That's what those, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. perfect example. Some, some of those guys, like everyone always asked me, like uh, when I was going through selection, they were like, uh, like, I don't understand. Like I'm bigger or stronger and faster than you. I'm like, I, uh, That's but, what they like, don't get. Yeah. And, I, and like, I'm like, guys. Some of those guys well, are bigger, stronger, faster than all of us. But why were they quitting? Why did they? Because the weak hearts happened. and yeah. there's there's something that that I, uh, spiritual or like that that mental fortitude, whatever it is. Bro, when I started, when I went through phase, when I showed up there, there was a guy there, and he looked. You know, I'm talking about them guys. Yeah, traps came out of their shoulder, <laughs> out of yeah. their shirt. You know, and all just that that freaking guy muscles everywhere. Mm. All of our guys got muscles, but I'm talking yeah. about them some bitches. Mm. And he didn't. He he didn't make it thirty minutes. I don't think. Yeah. They just wore his ass out. And then when that happens, then you start hitting them with the verbiage. <laughs> I mean, and our guys are great at talking shit. Mm-hmm. No one does it better. And then when you see guys when they get into their head like that, you can immediately see them. And 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 that's uh, it's an amazing thing to watch because I remember growing up, I was I was intimidated by men. You know what I'm talking about? When you see them walk in, they didn't even open their mouth. Mm-hmm. But then you see the way they act or something, the way they carry themselves, and that changes the way you look at people. It's like, there, I mean, there's three characteristics openly that people see immediately. That's why the eyes eat first. Like the way you present yourself, people will automatically approach you a certain way. It's like a freaking wild ass animal. When you got your paint hanging out, mm. people, that, that changes everything. I, do you remember when you got it, when you went below the uh, sleeves, what that yeah. did? So I was asking people this the other day, man. I was like, so you remember the first time you ever put a pistol on your hip, what that felt like? I like to think the first time I went behind the machine gun. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when we had that gun the first yeah. time and it was, we could go with it. Yeah. <clears throat> Remember that feeling? Yeah. I, the reason I bring that up is I heard someone say one time, hey, put $10,000 or 50 grand in your pocket and walk down the road. See how that makes you feel. And I was like, it'd probably change it. And I was kind of trying to figure, I was like, well, do, do that with a gun too. It does that. Yeah. Especially when we were young. Mm-hmm. And we had all kinds of guns walking down the damn road. Mm-hmm. So there's... There, there's certain things down here that can empower you in certain positions. It's and that's a so actually my 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 sleeve that I drew up uh, that actually explains it. I, I say it's it's a razor's edge. 
You know, you walk that line with that power behind a machine gun, behind 50 grand in your pocket, behind carrying every day your ED, you know, your everyday Yeah, carry. why are you carrying it? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like, uh, especially in combat, uh, it's a razor's edge of, of you are judge, jury, and execution. Like you can, you can go off the hinges. You can do the right thing. Sure. And, do whatever and, you want. And, and, and everyone would they just chalk that. it up to like, <laughs> I mean, that happened. Yeah. Um, so it's it's scary and and you would see guys go off the hinges and start yeah going off the oh like that. it's a progression just like we talked about man that goes yeah. that way with us too because i was trying to explain this to somebody the other day you know all the movies they make about us and all the documentaries and the stuff you see on tv it's great i'm, I'm not trying to do because we watch that's how that's what kind of got us <laughs> in, right like but there's one thing they'll never be able to caption and that's the mood we're in because mm. the only way you can get in that mood is if the combat's on mm. and we're killing there's a completely animal, different animal shows up that jumps inside of us. Mm. Or whatever that is, it turns us into that. And you know what I'm talking about. And I tried to describe this. I was like, man, he didn't look like that when we were over there. Yeah. You look different. Your face didn't look like that, man. Your body was different freaking looking. Mm. Doesn't hit us hard when I don't cuss, but you know what I'm trying to get across. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, I, I think about that a lot now because I see some of my buddies in my, that I know are just straight up war fighters. And they're like, man, it doesn't look. I was like, was like Sheesh, shit, man, you should see that some bitch when we were in, dude. Yeah. And there, there's something that happens to a man when you when you drive that enough. Just think about back in the day, they they could have war trophies, and the, those war fighters, when you go all the way back, how they did things. We don't have all that. Like we we're under rules, <laughs> which is crazy to think. But considering what we got done, but back in the day, man, if 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 the, the men decided to jump off the chain and, and straighten stuff up around here, no one can do anything. Mm-hmm. It says in the Bible, we were put here to subdue this place. And when we got doing doing that, we probably started killing each other. Mm-hmm. That's why sport came about. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, you got to put discipline. It's discipline. Yeah. That's what, that's what I think that it is what keeps us from that razor's edge and trying to do the right thing because they know how finicky that can go. Sure. Hey, whoop. We'll put you on the damn razor's edge yeah. if you'll do the right thing. Yeah. And we need to say it to them like that, too, because when they advertised this, this business for us, it was like, it's, it, no one makes it. Mm. This is the hardest thing ever. You're going to die. I was like, I'm a, my chief said that to me. He goes, I want you on the edge. I, I'll let you know when you've gone too deep. I want you to get right there where the demons live. Some of us have to live there so the other ones don't. Mm. That's okay. That's why we're trained on the dark side. I, I try to enforce that in the guys. Like, it's okay. You got that duality of you. you there's, a, there's that bad, wicked, evil, I mean, pure heart, wicked mind, and appetite for destruction is what's in that sucker. Yeah. All, all, all of us are like that. I figured that out when we, were, we deployed one time. And about midway through deployment, I was doing, this was after I made some rank. I was doing having to do write-ups. Mm. And I was talking to some guy, and he wasn't even a C. I didn't know it. Mm. He's an Air Force guy. And, I mean, this dude was straight up badass. Like, he wasn't scared of shit. He could just get it on, right? Mm. I was like, you're not even a damn seal. He's like, no. I was like, well, man, we may have different color skins on the outside, but when we get in there and start throwing down, it doesn't matter. Mm. Everything showed up to that fight. Yeah. Right? Remember those days? Mm. I try and tell the guys now, man. It's just when you try and tell them to, you know, hey, man, just relax and enjoy it. Like, be a suburban dad. Like, be a freaking nerd. And when your grandkids hear about it, it blows their mind to what we did and where we went. Mm. That's just the hardest part is making that transition for them. Yeah, I like to think that um, that we're prepping them, not in a kind of like crazy way, but 
I always try to tell, tell my, my peers to my friends and everything like that, that like 17 years in the, in the military and through special operations, like if I were to just retire all of that and not pass that down to my kids and they have to deal with a war, what did I do for them? You know? Oh, well, we, we don't get me started on that one, man. I was talking about that the other damn day. Yeah. So I run a I run a fifteen year pre sniper program for my kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I started training them too. Yeah, yeah. Been in so, I was like, you think we're, we're tough? Wait till yeah. you see these suckers, man. Because uh, we we left all that hardware in Afghanistan and overseas, and people got all pissed about. I was like, no, we left it there because we're gonna come back. Mm-hmm. We're gonna come get it, or my kids gonna have to. This is what it's looking like. Because it doesn't look like things are calming down. You know, we're kind of rotating towards some end game stuff over there. Mm-hmm. You can see that. That is just absolutely obvious. When that when Israel jumped off, that's when things changed. That, oh man. That's when everyone started paying attention. When that when when those when they got into it, I mean, my whole philosophy changed on the way I let my kids and everything, because you know, everyone's getting worked up and kind of kind of deal. So I'd hate to think that we were trained in our two years or two wars for for, for a follow on. I don't know. I, I would think it would be foolish if, if during our children's lifetime, not necessarily in their fighting lifetime, but in their lifetime, they wouldn't see a, the big one. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So, so I, I look like that's why I said the 15 year proof. If you were to go down to my nine year old, six year old, four year old, or three year old, they're like most, at least the, the my nine year old, if you were ask her what concealment is, she'll tell you. Oh, sure. My six year old. Yeah, yes. the difference between yeah, covering concealment. Yeah. Covering concealment, sure. Um, they'll, they'll tell you uh, what a target indicator is. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll be able to put, you know, all that stuff. Okay, so I, I do that too, man. I don't tell anybody about it. I'm like, I teach them, okay, how many bones you got? Where's this vessel at? <laughs> the medic thing pours out of me. And then also with the, how, what's this distance? How do you measure it? Yeah. I broke it down like they did for like football fields. That's 100 yards. Yeah, yeah. And they get that kind of mm. talk, right? Range estimation. Range estimation. Mm. I started that last year, man. Axe got his first deer down, so. Nice. I think they, we can't help that. So I want to move into uh, some of getting into the uh, EMT and uh, medic phase. So uh, I'm trying to slowly incorporate in the next year that medic portion to my kids for like not. I want, I want them to start doing IVs. On me, like, or at least watching them me do a self IV because it's very important. Like an individual operator, they should be able to uh, uh, treat and assess other people, but treat keep themselves alive. There was, I think, that's the reason there's only a handful of us that can do that. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, remember even the guys who tried to do that when we were in there, learn how to do that. Uh, I get it. I agree with you. Mm. Takes, I mean, it'll look like a bloodletting man, but yeah, get it freaking done, kind of yeah. deal. I, I I go over medical procedures with them all the time too. Mm. It's uh, that's important. No. It's also a confidence thing. Yeah. It, it's, it's a confidence thing because most of the time fear comes in because you don't know what's going on. Once you find out what's going on, it automatically goes away. I mean, people can say something, for God's sakes, and it'll completely make your fear go away. Mm. Anytime they get into something for the first couple of times. I think that's what, you know, when, when you think about it from the father perspective, it's like, why are you always repeating yourself, Dad? And I'm like, so you remember this. <laughs> <laughs> you can't appreciate that till you have to damn do it. Yeah. I think I know why my dad drank now because he was always pissed off at himself for having to be mean and do all and make sure I learned all this. Mm. But that's what we get for stepping into this this platform, right? You know, and being a father. Yeah, that's all right though. Best title I've ever. Had. Did it work on you? Oh yeah, it worked. See, there you go, right there. They're the proof, right? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about this? I, I mean, you can say anything you want about a man if his kids are squared away. I feel like 
Yeah. That says a lot. Yeah. I mean, because men are going to be men. Mm-hmm. They talk shit. We do that. Even when we love each other. Th- that's the worst, actually. And our, and guys will get into anything. Freaking uh, idle hands, especially military guys. Oh, oh my yeah. God, dude. Have you ever seen Vet TV? You ever Only Vet a few TV? episodes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, from that all the way around, man, our, we, we're great. But, man, if you got to give them something to do, for sure. Yeah. It's Christmas time, man. What do you got coming up? What do we need to talk about? Christmas? Um, so we're gonna, we're staying local. Um, we're, I have my dad coming in, uh, I think, next this Friday. Uh, he's from Pennsylvania. He'll be taking a track. He's taking a train. <laughs> it's a two-day hey, track. don't laugh because we've been talking about doing that just, really? to, just to get that qual. I, well, I think you should have that qual. Yeah. This stuff started, this nostalgia thing started sitting in me when we got back, and I had time to reflect mm. on what we missed while we were away. I know things are nuts, but, I mean, this place was great. Mm. It, is, it is great. I mean, we're here. Mm. I don't, this place may go down long, but eventually they're going to have to get to us. Mm. And, we, you know, that, that place where they sent us was, was about as low as you can go. We were living on the ground. Mm. I mean, everyone else is living in mansions. They're complaining about getting in a Mercedes and driving into town into the city. Yeah. Not a Higgins boat going over to D-Day. <laughs> Man. You, you know what I'm talking about? And then, and then watching what happened, grabbing the next one. Yeah, yeah. And just so, the meat grinder. I mean, if our guys aren't freaking out, then they shouldn't worry. I, I get the stuff's crazy out there, and that, that's part of it, but still, man. Hey, I'm the International Programs Manager for Mighty Oaks. I go around the different, uh, like, you know, do f- missionary work slash, uh, you know, uh, what we do for spiritual resiliency events here, but we go and do it in, like, you know, Ukraine to um, the various different uh, countries. And that's, that's why I spoke out in the beginning was, like, that I, I truly believe that God selected guys like us to, to go out and use our special skills to go to these hard, oh, hard I, to reach places. Well, we're not afraid to go there. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask you. So there's the Red Cross. There's the organizations that we grew Bob Hope. Mm-hmm. You had guys like that. Mm. What's well, almost as as time has progressed and the wars progressed, there's little splinter groups. Now you got SF guys out mm. with their own programs and doing this, yeah. like the underground. Mm. Like they're the ones going in there and doing that. Our guys need something to do. Yeah, the idle hands. They, again. they, they just freaking <laughs> do. Yeah, I keep going back to that. But when they get get out, a lot of times, and I hear this from the guys going in and making all the money. Million dollars a year, two million dollars a year, five hundred thousand dollars a year. <laughs> they, they're, they're and they're bored. I mean, they they freaking bored. They're sitting in there doing something that they, they didn't grow up doing. Mm. So there is something to this lifestyle. So uh, in one of my, not, not to be too pounding on the Bible, uh, through falling on my face, I realize what guys like exactly what you're saying, uh, if, if you recall the Samaritan woman uh, that Jesus uh, goes to, uh, that giving the eternal water, uh, that it'll, it'll quench a thirst, that... that uh, that you're, we, uh, guys like us, we come back from this and we're looking for something to fill this void. And, you know, it says, it says it's right in the Bible. It says like that, uh, only through a relationship with Jesus Christ and, and God will quench that thirst that we keep yawning for. Yeah. Um, and that itch that we're trying to scratch, it, it's, you, you, you talked about it. A Body, hunger, spirit, an itch heart, to scratch, that, something to drink, you know? a thirst. It's looking something to do. Yeah. But, what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Your purpose. Mm-hmm. The two greatest days of your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why you're born. Yeah. Man, they get, Governor Perry dropped that on us the other day, and that was a good one. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what that is. 
And you'll know it's a knowing, an understanding, and then there's a commitment that goes along with it. Mm. Before you went to the military, when you started training for this, that's all you did, right? Uh, did you have an appetite I, for it when I, you like started training for only it? Only at the age of 17. That's what I'm talking about. When we okay. were kids, before, before you Before I was just a... I, I should have been to jail. <laughs> yeah, same thing. Yeah. We're all like that. But then when you get to that age, you start... It's like a hunger. Mm. Like I had when in the training, I would watch the movies that had to do with that. You can't, you knew that I knew I was supposed yep. to be doing that. Yes. You had that? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. That comes in again. Yeah. Because when we got out, I, I lost that. I was like, well, what am I supposed to do now? I didn't know what to do. Looking around, all the guys are still in. This is, this is back in the day mm. when the, everyone was still going. Mm. I mean, it was 2010. So you're looking for it, you know, and I, I, luckily, man, I got watched out for on high ground. I mean, they put me where I was supposed to be, and I, I kind of, I, I just relied completely on it. Mm. And I never, I never looked away from it. But like a lot of guys don't have that. They're looking for something to do. Yeah, and I, I like these organizations that, that, you know, help vets for that, finding their purpose, like exactly what you said, the, from the moment you were born, uh, and you find out why. Uh, I think rehabbing that into a purpose of good because uh, otherwise that idle hands thing you could do a lot of destruction with the, the tools that you have in your toolbox but our best you, guys can fall into that trap yeah so that that's why i, I love uh you know trying to trying to hone it back in because like that razor's edge man when you get back and now you have all the stuff and now you have a wandering mind and all the time in the world and that's a that's a dangerous I'm wondering place. Well, we a lot of our guys got a wicked mind yeah they could be wicked good or wicked bad yeah. Or somebody said the other day, he's like, hey man, there's no good or bad with us. There's just a hell of a time. <laughs> it's just a hell of a time. Hell yeah. of a good, hell of a bad. There's just there's, there's a hell of a time. And th- those guys will go at it like that. Mm. So uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we when, when they were, when we were out there doing our thing, you had to have them. So we definitely have a place for them, man. They just got to find something else for them to freaking point their, their spirit at. I hear now recruitment's down. In the military. Yeah. Do you know they changed the names of a couple of the bases? Have you heard this? Yes. Uh, Fort Liberty now. Instead Is that of, Hood? I can't believe they I changed the Hood. I okay, can't I believe they changed the Hood. That was hood. notorious. I mean, Texas, the Hood, that was a big deal. Uh, Benning changed, and I think that's... I'm not sure if that's Liberty, and then there is uh, some other ones. I don't know. But I like to think it's just phases. Yeah, I hope, like, I'm, I, okay, yeah, I'm going to go on that now that we're older and wiser and we're not supposed to be talking shit. Because, you know, <laughs> back in the day, I'm like, who comes up with that stuff? Bored people. Yeah, yeah. no, I get yeah. it. I get it, man. You got to do something. I was just laughing. I was like, how are the Army guys going to find out where to go during their unions? They're not going to, you know, because of the name. They don't, they're not going to get that. I couldn't even find my way out there. <laughs> now you say these freaking names are ingrained in our freaking head. Mm-hmm. Bragg was ingrained in my head from watching Rambo. <laughs> All right, before I even got in the military, yeah, yeah. I knew about Fort Bragg. It was the first base I ever knew about. Mm. It's the only base I ever knew about. Mm. I actually got to live there and go, you know, go to school there. It was great. But now they changed the damn name. For Sockham? Yeah, for yeah nice. <laughs> Which was the hardest freaking school I'd ever been to. But damn, I got a lot of good army buddies out of it. I talked to one of them today. He lives out here too. John Loesch was his name. I recruit everybody to get to Texas that we grew up with. Yeah. Yeah, even That's our crazy, Chad. even our crazy some bitches. I'm like, just get calm down. Yeah, I need to calm down. That's what Chad did to me. I just moved out here like a year and a half ago. Yeah, he's like, get them all out here. And and I I will say this. Uh, it's why I say for like since I I moved here. Uh, it it really Texas is is honestly everything it's it's chalked up to be. 
Like I know when, when you're in and like it people is. from Texas, you're like, get out of here. <laughs> like they, all they talk that, about. It, that's and, true too. That happens yeah. while we're in like, yeah. fuck, what are you even talking about? I'm like, just come hang out. Yeah. So many, like all of my buddies, we all lived together. Our kids go to school together. We planned yeah. this while we were in. Yeah. And I would bring them home while we were in. When we got pre-deployment leave or post-deployment leave, I'm like, hey, man, just come hang out with us. Live on a freaking, you sleep on the ground, live on a farm. It's great. Yeah. I'm trying to redo Sparta here. You know, we got we got Joe Rogan here now. We got Elon. Oh, so we got Space City down there. Oh, yeah, we Joe got the Rogan. Podfather. He lives in Austin. And then we got Elon down there in South Texas. So now I just need all the veterans and uniform services to get you out to Texas. This is the last front. This is it, right? <laughs> We're back. right in the middle. We have the greatest flight times. It's three hours to everywhere. Yeah. Now, I would say uh, more veterans and more um, uh Guys like us need to go to Austin <laughs> to take that back. Take that back. It's <laughs> yeah. beautiful, right? Yeah. about that too those places are if those places are falling apart i was like put the veterans in there yeah send them the veterans of san francisco tell them to take it back over let them move in on the streets so just <laughs> for fun i mean they'll do it for fun some of our guys live on the streets is like hey, i am a homeless vet that's because he wants to be mm. i was like you actually should utilize him as an asset we do if you want to know what's going on on the streets go grab a veteran yeah because a lot of them they're on watch mm. they, they freaking love it they loved sleeping outside on the ground. We were in Iraq. They wouldn't bathe. I mean, some of our guys ate that up. They freaking they didn't want to come back. They didn't talk to anybody. I get that. So when we got back, they went and found that same spot. And they just now they're just laying around. So, but I mean, some of them are down there because they got in a bad spot. That's different. There needs to be a place where no, hey man, no matter what, if you find out we got a place, we send your ass back through boot camp, recycle you, get you back in shape, like that kind of boot camp. Mm. Form. I wonder if that's a pretty smart idea. It was like, you know what I mean? I always, uh, I'm like one of those old bases, just do it for that. <laughs> Open yeah. up an old base, like an underground. Like yeah. we just take over an old base. Well, imagine like what you were saying about like, uh, like a, if putting someone through boot camp again, like, uh, I'm not sure if when, whenever you're coming up in the high school and everything, do you ever get threatened of like, uh, like kid, uh, bad rough kids? They're like, you're gonna go to boot camp, and not like military, but there is a boot camp. Okay. For, oh yeah, for bad kids. For bad kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Scared straight kind of, <clears throat> yes. kind of thing. Absolutely. So uh, I wonder. I'm I'm curious. Uh, I wonder if they still have programs like that. But then again, like people like that for mid like 30s of like hey man to yeah. get your life get, to get you out of drugs to yeah. like rehab like you need to go yeah, through yeah no 30 year olds should be out there on the freaking street doing that shit they're, they're supposed to be our hard chargers yeah 30s that's your yeah so get some so like hopefully it's like a refresh button like scared straight to uh, a, a reality check to like hey man you need to straighten your life out and you know just like Dude, exactly that's what we need to do okay so we need to find an old military base preferably one's got some underground shit it's really cool mm. Sneak in there, reopen that thing up, and then we'll go out and start kidnapping the homeless vets, pull yeah. them back through them, cleaning them up, shower, yeah. shave, get them a new set of clothes, repurpose them. Mm. Tell me they wouldn't love that. <laughs> you know how veterans are, man. Military people, we love to bitch about something, but then again, if we're bitching about it, it's probably for a reason. Let's just say we took that $27 billion Ukraine fund and we just trimmed off one mil and we did that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, I, I just found out recently that the VA budget's the biggest one. 
So there's no really? reason why that shouldn't we shouldn't have the best medical care. Like why we wouldn't recruit the doctors midway in their careers, the best ones. They rate themselves, so we would know who they are. Mm. And if we have that much money, we should pay them what they want. Mm. Like hey, if you're the best, that you're the ones that should be working on our boys. Do you ever hear the Joe or the uh, the saying? Um, like they usually say, like let's say the the crappiest guy in your buds class, and he and he graduates. Like, what do we call him? A Navy SEAL, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Same so it's like, what do, what do they call about uh, a doctor? Hey, who's what is guy uh, the lowest of his class? What what do they call him when he graduates his doctorate? And everyone's like, doctor. It's like VA doctor. Oh man, that dude! I hadn't heard that. <laughs> yeah, but there there shouldn't be a way to switch that because when I went through the program, man, I, I got through there f- fast. The VA. And VA social. I went. Dude, they gave me social security mm-hmm. in three days. Like I checked in oh, wow. one day, went home, and got it the next day. Can you believe that? I mean, they gave that to That's me. Crazy, yeah. I I didn't I didn't earn it, and I I went up. You know, we had to get. I gave it back to them. I just kept it in an account. I didn't even use it. I was like, I don't need this. Mm-hmm. But so I know it's possible. Mm-hmm. And when we're in the when we're in, you know how fast we get through medical, of uh, the and dental. Like, oh. get your ass in there and get out. You can't deploy. They make you go. Yeah. Like, if you got an asset you dump that much money into, I, I just, could it be like, okay, so when they get out, can they just go into the military bases that they, why don't the vets, when they get out, if they, why don't they live around a base and, like, retake over the town? And then if they get sick or anything, they can go back to the base. Yeah, that's a very- Are we allowed to do that? Yeah. And it's crazy because, like, the military has ran, like, a socialist thing. That's, like, that, that no, would no, be, like, I get, yeah, yeah, right. that'd be, like, a socialist project where it's, like, hey, here's a community that uh, that is formed off of, you know, this bill of tax dollars that if you need help, you go back to it. Oh, if you're a veteran or however that, you know, in your theory that would go, go back to where you need help, come back, and then we'll repurpose you to whatever. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm curious on how that would, that would be, like, a socialist project, but so is the so, so, Social Security. You know, I never thought about this much till we got out and you have time to reflect. I got the kids on the ground. And then, oh, our buddy's dying. Dying in combat's one thing. When they come back here and start dying of dumb stuff, especially when you know the medical care is out there and there's a bunch of it. Mm. And I know there's a bunch of people that want to help. And then we have the money for it. We, we seem to have all of that. We have all the pieces that we need. We just need to put them in the right spot. Mm. That's what we're contending with now. Yeah. Uh, so, like, when you say d- dumb stuff, like, w- what are people dying of? I remember when I f- we first got back uh, during the wars, the, the number one thing outside of combat veterans were dying from was motorcycle accidents. Yeah, drinking, drinking, riding motorcycles, that's, yeah, and doing, another, yeah. seeking the thrill. Yeah. I mean, when we were in combat, it was like being in an extreme sport. Then they come back, and I'm not saying that the other half of our generation that stayed back and turned this place into the place we came back to. I don't think we, when we first got back, we had a problem with it. Mm. And we started really getting integrating with them <laughs> like we did before we left. Mm. And it just shifted gears. And that's how our guys just kind of flew off the, there's nobody pulling back on them. Mm. Once you get out, we didn't have those sergeants anymore or anybody. Like, hey, man, you're good to go. Yeah. Well, I think our, our guys and girls might have been trained a little differently. They might, you know, they need some like, hey, you know, it's okay to slow down. Because mm-hmm. you can't tell them what to do anymore. Mm. You got to ask them. Hey, we probably need to slow down. <laughs> yeah. Because if, if they're, they just got, the older they got, the more extreme they got. They didn't slow down. Mm-hmm. And when the dumb stuff like coming back and, I got, man, I got don't just drink anymore. There's all kinds of crazy stuff out there. 
and they just don't drive anymore. They fly upside down in planes and jets and <laughs> yeah. backpacks with jets and everything uh-huh. in between. Surfboards with wings. It's, it's. I mean, we got everything. We got. Oh, we got scuba fins with jets on them. Oh, I love those. So the uh, man, what's it called? Um, ah, I was in. I was, I was still in while we we uh, got them. Did y'all get to test jet, those? Not jet fins. Yes, jet, yeah, fins. jet fins. Yeah, jet, jet fins. fins. Yeah, I got to test them. Uh, I was in Aruba doing a, a, a second force recon. We okay, went that- down there and we did a du- uh, Dutch special forces exchange where. Aruba is known by the Dutch, and it's it's like they're Hawaii. So they have a a, a dive unit there, and we we tested them. And man, it, you're zipping through like Aquaman. You're like 20 miles an hour with no kicking, no nothing. You're just See, like that's ridiculous, man. That's that's some Gucci shit. And I, 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 you skipped over a part that I think everybody should focus on. Like if you join the military, they'll send you to Aruba <laughs> to go scuba diving for three three weeks. For yeah, three dude. weeks, <laughs> yeah. Take military out of it. Take because we don't wear that stuff when we're out there. Yeah. It's shorts and t- flip flops. God, I love being in the military, man. Mm. I freaking love being in the teams and doing that every day. Yeah, we got, that wasn't an, an occasional thing. That's an everyday thing, and then moving back and forth like that or skydive. All man, that's what I'm talking from the <laughs> sea to the air to the land. Yeah. If we could play in it, train in it, we got to do it. I mean, it may have sucked with the wars and everything that was part of it, but if it was worth it because of what we got to do, the yeah. training and, and how much fun it was like a big university. Mm. And then all of us Rangers, Green Berets, Seals. It's just fraternities inside of that whole university. Mm. That's the best way when I try to explain it to people. Yeah. I, yeah, the same thing with like uh, the fraternity thing where like people are like, oh, why do you know this branch hate on this one? I like it's the same thing with like, you know, LSU to hating on this. It's a, you know, it's still that brotherly love. Great uh, way to explain it. Yeah. And but like we, that there's still that competition, but like we still love each other, uh, you know, for brothers in arms, but we'll always have that, uh, sure. you know, that. It's like everyone goes to the same university, but there's those little cliques and clubs and, yeah, uni- yeah. and fraternities inside there, and they go, that's... Overall, you're one big thing. Yeah. But we can focus on some dumb shit. Like, some <laughs> of us, are, our fraternities inside there, like with the Marines and the Navy and then the SEALs and the Recons and the Green... I mean, man, there's that's years and years in the making. Mm. Mainly because you, we fight together. Mm. I mean, it's, we're over there t- together, and the only thing we have to go back and forth on is who got their ass kicked the worst. That's our bragging <laughs> rights. Yeah. It is. Truly is. Like, who gave it the most? When I talk to the athletes these days, I'm like, hey, man, when you want to know what a man is truly putting out, like when he's working his ass off, he'll be bleeding. Mm. He'll be bleeding. Mm. And I remember when, the, when we were over there, and no, no, if we didn't get – it's funny when he thought it's like it wasn't a big deal because no one came back dead, but guys always came back beat to shit, mm. bleeding every time. I was like, it was it was hard over there, but it was it was worth it. What you what you up to now? So, uh, like I said, I work for Muddy Oaks for the international side, um, and I also on the side, like I just restarted back up uh, teaching people how to shoot. Uh, um, through my company I own, you know, Polaris Group. So you travel into them and you got a camp that you have or how's that work? So uh, so I started doing, actually, I think right by you guys, uh, Renaissance Shooting Company, uh, sh- uh, Shooting Club, and I do it at a Thunder Ranch. So like every Saturday I run a class for like three hours long and basically like we talked about- Tell us about it. Every Saturday from what month to what month? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we try to do every Saturday uh, um, depending on our schedules, uh, but it's like 12 to 3 o'clock. Uh, and it's anyone from like, Hey, I just got a gun or like, I don't even know what to, what to do with this thing to like, what is this? Yeah. What is this thing? Or I bought one. I, I want to know how to be safe and more comfortable around it to guys who, Hey, I, I grew up shooting. 
I, I would like a proper you know um, instruction on a uh, formal block of instruction on how to shoot and then how to shoot better uh, because outside of like Kentucky windage and style like you know country boy shooting two uh, two gun and three gun competitions look into that extra edge so me um, you know uh, four three gun scout sniper and and, uh, and special forces sniper instructor uh, I teach uh, pistol rifle and sniper school stuff. Um, and now I do that in the military for 17 years. So could you and, do the hunter safety course thing with you as well? Do you help us all that? Uh, so I, I teach a three day sniper employment course. Uh, so I could, I, my, my thing is in three days I can have you rain steel out to like 800 to a thousand, um, doing that, uh, depending on your caliber, preferably 308, um, anything past that easily. Uh, so I can teach all that stuff, but then, um, uh, me, so it's me, uh, Marine Special Operations, to my, my co-partner who's a Green Beret, and we teach dual hat, like kind of like dual survivor. It's like, hey, Marine Special Operations, Army Special Forces, we teach both of what our experience in combat to what our, our experience is in the military to teaching these things, and we give you formal blocks of instruction from this instructors, because I'm an instructor at these schoolhouses, and, and he, he well, vice versa, and now you're sitting here and you're learning from both. What's the age limit? Uh, the legalities. So I think oh. it's 18 and above. I'll have to double check, but it's fun. Do y'all teach kids though? Like hunter safety course? <clears throat> I'm, I'm, uh, we can't give a cert or whatever to that, but we can, uh, I, I want to do no, a no, no, kid's no. class. I, the way you can lateral that is that what you teach is the same thing that's on that test. Yep. But they still have to go down. My, my son's going through it now. <clears throat> okay. I'm just saying, so the four, depending on who you ask, three reels or four reels, all gun, all, every gun is always loaded. Yeah. Never yep. put your finger on the trigger unless you're about to engage. Yep. You know what your target is and what's behind that some bitch, right? Yeah. Okay. Forward safety rules. Right, right, right. Okay. So, so, so that's how go. we start the classes. Okay, great. That's yeah. what I was talking about. People need to know that. Yeah. Because we have guns here. Mm. We're founded on it. Yeah. No matter how much you want to do, you're not going to get rid of them. So at least teach. It's kind of like having dangerous animals out here. Yes. At least teach them what they look like. If they get, if they tangle up with them, teach them how to handle that. Mm. And teach them what other people look like when they deal around them. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, that's confidence. Mm -hmm. I mean, when when I try and teach people, I was like, hey, why are you showing them that? Because there's a confidence that comes with it. Yeah. Okay. My son killed his first buck the other day. And I remember, nice. bro, I remember, thank you. It was, I, for three days I made him hunt. So I put him in a ground blind, didn't see anything. I yeah. just wanted him to sit there and be quiet. And then the second day we were in a tree, mm -hmm. didn't see anything. I just wanted him to sit there and realize. And then the third day we put a spot and stock on. Mm -hmm. And bro, we sat down. And he had his gun up, and I, I, was, I went from, I was spotting him. Mm -hmm. So I had my glass up, and then right when I turned around and looked at him, I was like, Sh you know, trying to give him the, I reverted back to my military. I thought it was my sniper partner. I kind of lost the fact that it was my 12-year-old. <laughs> and he goes, Dad, I'm shaking so damn bad. I can't, mm -hmm. I can't, can't. I was like, well, come off the gun for a second. I was like, take a deep breath. It's be all right. And then the, the buck started moving away, and he kind of got, he's like, hey, he's, and he got his gun back up. And in that moment, I had this moment of clarity, and then this whole moment of, this is one of those things that he's going to remember forever. Mm. I need to say something cool, and I didn't have anything reserved. <laughs> Can you believe that happened? I'm like, I've been prepping this I whole know, time. I'm like, okay, what are the rules? You know, I was like, all right, take a deep breath, and then. Before I could even get something out, man, he had that safety off and he pulled that trigger and I could hear it. You know, mm. when there's when you can tell when something gets hit. Mm. And bro, the first words out of his mouth, he goes, Drop that son bitch. That's what he said. <laughs> he never cusses in front of me. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, people probably laugh at that. I, I laugh too. But and then it switched on me again. I was like, Oh, 
oh, you don't have any problem with this. Now I got to teach you how to control that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, my sons don't have any problem killing. That's not a thing. Now you got to teach them how to control that. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember when he, did, when he went through all that. And it's uh, so pain his face up, you know. Mm-hmm. And did the, but how, how far was the shot? Okay, what, so what it started kind of gun? about 2 250. And then when I made him come off the gun to relax for a second, it moved across the game about 300, right under 300. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, yeah it was a good pup. What, what, uh, what caliber? 248. Everyone in the family has to use that rifle when they go out for the first time. Nice. So they had, yeah, oh yeah. And my brother was out there with his son, and he had put one down. Mm-hmm. And check it out, my brother's son Gunner, he put one down. He comes rolling back in. He had his face paint painted up. And the in the minute my son saw that, he goes, "Oh, we're going out." That competition is getting <laughs> like, nice. it's, it's instinctual. Yeah, like I didn't have to teach. There's some things in there you don't have to teach. Mm-hmm. All that. I mean, when someone looks at something, they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm going after that. I'm doing that." Was a, it was a great feeling. That Did you a, make him do the 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 blood thing? Yeah, to, all that. Yeah, okay. every bit of it. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> You're damn right. They have to do it full blood face. Yeah, did the blood face? <laughs> yeah, everybody's got their own kind of design. That's awesome. It was a big time. I remember Noah uh, once he got his first one. Oh, yeah, like, it was on Christmas or it was on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving Day, Day yeah. In the morning, and <laughs> he just covered his entire face. face in the entire <laughs> Completely, his whole entire, no stripes. You know, just everybody else had these different stripes. And he kept was just it like, on all day, all day. Even, even throughout the... Coagulates the, yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Thanksgiving, yeah. Thanksgiving lunch, and then, um, everything. I think Gunner, thing. Gunner that night, uh, Morgan was like, hey, son, time to hit that shower. And he's like, kind of wanted to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wear it to bed, Dad. Yeah. It's right, man. You know, never been more proud of you right now. God, so <laughs> proud, so freaking proud. It was the best Thanksgiving ever. Yeah, well, we had a ball. Mm. That was a good one. It was right. Mm-hmm. It was like we, 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 all the men that come out. We started. We got this paintball. We're putting all this stuff together to do. It's like, mm-hmm. like if your family didn't want to show up for a family reunion, give them a reason to. Yeah. So like we got this whole paintball tournament. We got this little turkey trot thing we do. It was like mm-hmm. competition. So yeah, like, I won. For bragging rights, yeah. Lo- local turkey trot, like within the family? Just the family. Yeah, there's family. a bunch of them. Man, yeah, I'm married yeah. into some Cajuns, bro. There's a mess of them suckers. They're everywhere. I went, I went and lapped them, too. Yeah, he does. Well, that's not fair. He's training for a damn race. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, some of the family, yeah. it's when they come out, they've been training for Everyone's kind of, we got to cross the board. Athletes, everything, man. So it's interesting every year when we come out. So uh, on that note, um, like turkey trots and like, raising future warriors and healthy you know individuals uh so me and my wife started from when we dated on that we do every thanksgiving you earn you have to earn your your, your keep so we do the turkey trot uh three mile whatever i have you know four kids nine six four three my my son gunner also uh four years old <clears throat> did his first turkey trot at three years old doing three miles a three mile race at three years old you know, and then he did it again last year. All my kids have been doing it every year of That's their all. life now, yep. and, and and now it's instilled. They know, they know every Memorial Day we do Murph together. You know, together everyone achieves more team. You know, and it's like uh, I can't believe how much fun that is. Oh, I know. They they and like man, and, and we do it together because like we cheerlead each other. We like yeah, encourage yeah. each other because otherwise they could hate it. That's generational whatever. too. Yes. So as me and my wife, we started doing this whole thing and every Thanksgiving they know, Hey, we're doing our Turkey trot three mile race. I, you know, and I do it with a rucksack. So I, so I don't get like too amped and yell at, you know, quit walking. (laughs) So I have a 50 pound rucksack. And sometimes like on the little ones, I'll like, I'll put them up. I'll let them like, Hey, you run the first mile. I'll carry the second mile and you finish strong on the third mile. You know, dude, our little ones, same thing. 
all across because you got the grandparents out there with us and everybody across the board and it's who can beat at that age that when the kids get a chance to beat just one kid a little bit older than them that's a <laughs> does something to them yeah. man it freaking does something I, I think that's great i didn't we didn't have that did you have that growing up no see i didn't either that's yeah. why i think we're so big on it yeah the christmas time man December 1st, I got a Christmas vacation. That song, the opening scene, I got that movie playing all day. Every day during Christmas, there's a Christmas movie on. Yeah. You got to go get your our tree at a certain day. I, I just, I dig it, man. I, I don't know. I, I was reading about the World War II guys, especially them. It's like when they got back from war, like they went back to their town and, and got a job at the post office or doing something, and that's all they did. Like work back home and then did the holidays they didn't want any chaos they just wanted everything to be comfortable and and relaxing and peaceful mm. uh, i get that yeah i i hear theories all the time of like where did america spiral and everyone like points to whoever and everyone always points obviously to the hippie generation Hippies, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh they, they actually i always hear that too yeah uh i mean that's when they they that was the most defiant but they actually blamed exactly what you're saying where the world war ii like they came back and um, and that they they took they took everything for granted before, so they wanted to have a good family. So they kind of spoiled, they encouraged their overdid children, yeah, 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 and they overdid it, overdid and that, it. and that's where the the hippie grew, grew up and went into this rebellious child who who you can see that, you know, and then you saw the uh, I mean, economic you, boom too sure. during that time. So like the money was nice, um, things, everything, you know, everything, yeah. And then that must have been a crazy time, yeah, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, the best, yeah. Because I feel like the baby boomers kind of gave us everything. I mean, you know, we were out, we were fully grown at 12 years old. We fought in all the wars. I mean, look at our lives. <laughs> Either they were trying to kill us or they were really, really cool to us. It's kind of the same thing. And I never thought about it until you said it, but they come back from that World War II especially. I mean, that's a freaking war. Yeah. And the greatest generation. Where do you go from there? What, what is absolutely, what is the next generation supposed to do if the greatest ones already showed up? Mm. And then they held them so tight because they didn't want them to die. Yeah. How you can see how that happened to us because then you got the you got the patriots and you got the hippies and look how extreme they freaking are. Yeah. And I bet it was the pacifist kids that turned into the damn war fighters. It switched, <laughs> right? Because it was so intense <laughs> yeah. when they got back. But everybody had a fighting too. Mm. Even the people at home. They, they probably had the worst actually. Shit was crazier back home probably than over there sometimes. I'm I'm always curious to see like uh, if you ever hear stories of people who like they want there there's like it, it comes to like a point of depression where like the people who wanted to but they couldn't medically oh yeah it's the worst did you ever hear that yeah you know? oh yeah I think they got it the, that's true yeah yeah they they whatever happens to them mm. it, it, it's a it's a phenomenon for sure I've never discussed it with anybody but I've noticed it though yeah I mean really notice it now like I guess because we can spot them mm. it's like being able to see through your skins. Like when somebody walks in on me and you, you're like, oh, bro, I can spot your ass a mile away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's one of those other things that happens to us when we get back. It's like when your vision changes. And what I mean by that is like when you can spot people. Yeah. Like you just right away. Yeah. If you're the, used the to profiling. everyone trying to profile them. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Immediately. Uh, Immediately. Like, and it's, it's crazy because like I, I heard it just recently again, like a couple weeks ago. It's like that. You know, and someone's described it in a non-military way. They say like alphas immediately when they walk into the room, they assess the possible threats. Yeah. And it's like, hey, if it's a big guy, if it's an intimidating guy, whoever. But like, in if you spin that, 
like operators, we immediately sniff each other out. Like yeah, you, yeah. you could be in a room full and you'd be like, hey, this guy, he's either law enforcement or military. Yeah. And hey, he's he's kind of kept together. He's a aggressive posture or like uh, alert. And yeah. he's also scanned the room. Sure. So I, I, I got to, it, it's cool to see, um, I keep doing that. And now that my kids are in school and they're growing up, when I go in to watch them do their things, go now I'm looking at the teachers. I'm like, oh, look, that is definitely, you're the coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, I was like, oh, you teach band. <laughs> that, that kind of thing. And yeah, it's, yeah. when you notice people's identities, you, it's really remarkable. Mm. Really. And I guess because everybody we had to look at was either hated us or trying to kill us. So we kinda, you kind of learn to spot what's what, and then you learn to spot what their mannerisms too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're a sniper as well, so, like, uh, we have to, you know, and especially in uh, reconnaissance and surveillance, like, you're watching Watching people from afar, and you're you're developing who they are uh, through their mannerisms to, like, hey, they're pointing, this guy's in charge, this guy's a, uh, whatever, uh, their body posture to Timothy down, who's in charge, and who, what's the hierarchy, you know? I think it's fascinating, and then like working sources and like working people too. It's like oh, you said, like oh, this guy is a, this guy's a math teacher. This guy's that's the guy's a gym teacher. You know, I heard one of my instructors saying it's you know how, how deaf people are remarkable at that. It's like that happens to the sniper because we look at him from afar, you can't hear him. You're watching him talk, way they move, and you can't see their lips moving, but you can understand mannerisms and body language. That's all we got. Now that we do it forever, we sit there and watch and watch and watch and watch and watch and watch. Yeah, and you just kind of understand. You can see. It. Uh, I had one buddy. He's like, oh, I've seen this movie. Like you just know what's going to happen when, when something's going down. Mm. You can see him posture up, and you can start picking that up and sniffing it out. Yeah, for sure, that definitely happens to us. And then they hone that in, and then they send us over, and then we got to do it. Mm. And what was remarkable about it is everybody else we were going after was covered up. So imagine you had your you know what you were looking at, but then they covered it up. So then you really had to freaking look. Mm. I never thought about it like that. What that really happened? What what that did to us for sure. And once the guys and girls get past them, we settle down on them and make them remarkable teachers. That's what I like to do now. That's why I was telling about the the shooting instruction to like now I teach. Yeah, it's got to be remarkable to, teachers. I, I I love it now and like and because I love it and what I, and there and there's what I think you said it where now the war's done, the GWAT's done. You're trying to teach guys who who don't have any of that. How do you understand? Well, well, you take all that experience, you try to do that yeah. and and breed the next yeah. ones coming up. Um, because these kids are – there's something. These COVID babies and all these suckers coming up, they got special skills, man. You don't put some discipline in them. Their hand-eye coordination, how fast they are, the way they retain things, their muscle memory, muscle movement, yeah. the way they recover. I mean, everyone you – know, there's a lot of them out there that think they're getting weaker. They're not. I mean, this, that's not how this, I don't think that's how this thing works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about? So there's a spot for all of, our, for all of them came back, man. We just got to kick them in the ass. Yeah. Show it to them. I think that's it's it's so important to put them like we talked about to martial arts to some kind of sport, sport. so that so they they it had to be what that stuff's invented, and yeah. so many different sports because we have so many different types of kids. Mm. Hey, there's something out there for you, and is, if we got stuff on other planets now, like on Mars and everything, we can put a kid in a special school that can develop what he is. I know now, and I've I've grown up with this. I know go. I got buddies. There's some people when you try to make them do math, they will shit in the chair. They mm. can't do it. It's just a thing. Mm. And then there's someone who can absolutely do it. They know the answer before. So there's something going on there. That's not just happening to one or two people. That's, a, that's not a phenomenon. That's mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah. So if you know things are different here, and we have all this money, we have all these capabilities, and now it's just like, we can do this. I just know we can. 
for the sport thing when you're talking about like there, there's a sport to to for any of you any of you <laughs> got, you got to remember that in the olympics in the winter Olympics, curling that like oh, that thing <laughs> i think every freaking operator when they get out should try and do that sport and that, that, that because it could for that very reason yeah i always joke around. i always watch that really <laughs> you don't watch it I, I saw it a few times just as a oh, joke no, no. but all seals watch that thing man I, we laugh about that damn thing but we watch it yeah so uh, I always joke around and say, like, I want to get really good at that just so I can go to the Olympics and say I'm Olympian. <laughs> oh, my God. We laugh about that. We've said that same thing. It's like if we had a team that would go to the Olympics or something, what sport? Yeah. Nobody likes to get hit anymore and, and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of too, stuff. Is too ex- broke to be like Yeah, a- too broke. To, it's exhausting <laughs> yeah. to do a lot of stuff. It's like, what are we going to do, man? Mm. Let's do that freaking curling, man. Yeah. Absolutely. That and bobsledding. That just looks like fun, too, man. I'd probably kill myself doing that, but I... I yeah, the curling thing. My kid just got into wrestling. They have it at the Your school youngest? now. Yeah, they have it down south now. It's starting to. We have okay, MMA good. and jujitsu. Yeah. And, excuse me, but wrestling finally got into the school, so I put his That's ass in there. Yeah, quick. Awesome. My uh, my kids just started going into jujitsu, and I started teaching the um, the coach class at. I think it's right by you guys. Um, it's uh, Carlson Gracie Magnolia. I yeah okay yeah. Yeah, so uh, so now my I just my, opened up. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, John Davis. He's a good friend of mine. Great dude. I, I work with him. Good dude, right? Yeah, I've heard great things about him. Yeah, really good teacher and like black belt and really great guy. Uh, so now I help teach uh, there because I have four kids. So he he lets my kids go there. So now I teach like my kids from nine, six, and four are all. Don't go dropping your kids off at a daycare anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> modern daycare. Modern daycare is a damn jujitsu gym. <laughs> yeah. Take them over there, and yeah. if there's a, you know, a, a, it just trust us on this, okay? Yeah. Believe us. Have faith. If, if, if enough of our guys are talking about this, mm-hmm. because it gets everything you want in there, discipline. Yeah. And with jujitsu, is setting the base. Yeah. That's the best thing you can do for a child is setting the discipline, base. Discipline, all, all that, man. And trust me, those coaches in there are bad enough. It don't matter who, what kind of kid you got. Mm. The wildest Mustang. You stick his ass in there and it'll straighten him up. Yeah. And then he'll fall in love with it. And then the coaches won't let him come train if he gets out of line. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And then he's not going to talk smack because you're not going to whip his ass. (laughs) That is the the most beneficial part about that that kind of discipline, about the martial science. Yeah. If you're a single mom, if for somehow, some way, you can get that kid into one of them things and let them coaches take care of it. Mm. That's what they're for. Yeah. That's what we're for. Mm-hmm. The whole point to, to, to grow and, and to get those belts. And when that, the, actually, the most dangerous thing down here is a black belt. Yeah. Because they're not, they want to kind of do their, you know, they, they, they can go both ways of the force too. Yeah. <laughs> but the best thing for them is to teach kids. Yeah. And the young ones. And that's what they're for. They're supposed to do that. As a matter of fact, all the professional athletes that get all the millions and billions of dollars mm-hmm. when they retire, they need to take their ass back to their town and coach. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That's, I don't, I don't know if I, there's many who do that. They, I don't, I don't know. I don't think there are. But why isn't that a thing? Like, if you were a professional, you need to take your ass straight back to the town and be somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of a shitbag. I'm, I'm late at that party, too. But, you know, I'm now I'm talking about it. I'm trying to do good. There you go. <laughs> Aren't we? I'm trying to do good here, man. I <laughs> yeah. know all the rest we're of the guys. So I'm trying. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I know some people that do that. What? Uh, uh, Lance Bergman dead. Then Larry Bird? Mm-hmm. You could even uh, put in Deion Sanders into that category. Okay, so if Deion's the yeah, he's the neon sign for that whole thing. Do what he did. What did he do? He would be college coach now. Oh wow, nice. He's a great dude, man. That guy, freaking guys all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? He can't go back. He's got a personality dun- oh. on him. 
God created him for a reason. Yeah. Man, he'll trap you. That freaking, he, he shines bright. <laughs> I, I don't even know him. Yeah. I don't even know that dude. I don't owe him anything, man, but I'll tell you what, the way he does, what, his style, I freaking dig it, and the way he takes care of them kids. Mm. For sure. He catches your eye, that's for sure. I think every, we, we should all do that. All, all of us that were successful and kind of forged ahead and go back and do that. I think we owe it to society also. Like, and that, like, why would you not give your gifts and like to the next generation to set them up for success? Let me tell you something about the greatest basketball coach in America right now is at my kid's school. He's a, my kid has a Harlem, he was a Harlem Globetrotter and played for really? Senate. Yeah, Coach Miller. <laughs> I was like, literally, when I found that, I was like, my kid better be the best basketball player <laughs> on earth, yeah. right? I mean, with a Harlem Globetrotter coach, great dude, great dude. And um, it's funny, Mike, I, I just think that that should be a thing, man. I think more people would attend the games if you knew that, was, if those yeah. people were in there. Yeah. Well, man, dude, thanks for doing this. If, we could, hey, if you need any help, if we can promote something for you, how people follow you, if you need to put something out. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll do a link on to the Polaris Group because um, we we try to do security uh, contracts for executive protections to uh, teaching people how to shoot uh, rifle, pistol, and then like I said, I run a three day uh, sniper program. Uh, any other any other skills that we've I've acquired through like seventeen years of you know special operations, and then my my Green Bray uh, uh, partner uh, Josh Walton, uh, we we dual hat the whole thing, and then. Man, it needs to be summer camp thing, like a confidence games. So that's so one thing we're levels, talking about. Like you do that, and then they also go train in the jujitsu in the school time, and yeah. they got a camp. And you know, I mean, we harness all the stuff that we learned when we were kids, and then we sit around and road tested it, and now we're back with it. So one thing to to go on that one too is like everyone's trying to always go like special operate. So we thought about doing a selection prep thing where like we run you through like a three day selection style thing of like and like a man camp you know like you're gonna go through it with like think of the bonds you grew with your buds class like though that bond is pro it's it's the one thing i tell under combat oh, that's the yeah. closest thing you can you know those who those who uh those classes are different that's a different you're talking about a different beast all because they separate us the minute we graduate when you did oh, you know that no no oh yeah we all get sent to different teams Oh, no, I didn't know that. Very rarely do you get to go with a team with even one other guy. Maybe maybe really? get lucky. Yeah, but the one thing that happens to us, there's nothing closer than a buds class. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Absolutely true. And I mean, you're talking about three days. I'm talking about like some, there's 52 weeks in the year, two weeks you better take for yourself. Oh. That, and when we were growing up, you heard about those summer camps. Mm -hmm. like they would go out on the lake and they would do this, but all those skill sets, confidence. Yeah. I mean the motorcycles and all those rope climbs and all the the fun stuff that we grew up doing. That was that taught us confidence. That's mm -hmm. why our parents put it on it. Yeah. And look what happened to us. Look look where it took us. Mm -hmm. I mean you don't have to go as extreme as we did with it, mm -hmm. but I mean you still need to have it. Yeah. That was the most important thing I tried to teach him growing up was just freaking confidence. What you said, walk down the road not to be afraid of any man walking around. Yeah. Or what he's carrying. Mm -hmm. Once you get to that level, there's a it's a it's a peaceful place to be down here. Yes, and, and that's the biggest thing I, I want to really key on is like it, it's peaceful. Now you don't have to live in fear, man. and 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 no one, no man should have to carry that burden. You know, that is around, a burden. It is to walk around with that. Yeah, I remember what that felt like before. Like when you see somebody, like oh, yeah, I, I remember. I remember it's a weight. Yeah, and you as a protector of the family, you as a male figure, you as a, a you know whatever, like you shouldn't have that. You should not have to carry that. That shouldn't burden. even be in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Not once you put the family on board. Yeah. Especially with the family on board. Especially with yeah. the family on board. They shouldn't be afraid of you, and you shouldn't be afraid of anything else. Yeah. 
Now, they should respect you, and there's an intimidation thing. Of course, guys like us, I'm like, you better be afraid of me, you little shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still do that, but in reality, man, yeah, that, you shouldn't be afraid. Because that just that ruins everything. It ruins the time and everything in between. If something can go wrong, you dwell on it. I'm working on it right now, my for my personal, is when something sets me off, how fast I can reel it back. Yeah, that's a good skill. <laughs> it's a tough one for us. Because so, there's some things that will set us off and you'll be wet, mad for a week, you know, or you at least think about yeah, it. Yeah, Remember those? So uh, th- there's a really good quote I came across, and uh, I don't know if it was like, you know, Theodore Roosevelt or some um, Benjamin Franklin, but they said uh, uh, a speech made in anger will be the best speech you ever spoke that you'll regret. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, man, like. That's good. Because <laughs> like the sure, things, yeah. and then another one I just read uh, a few days ago, it was saying that, um, that. Uh, years of love are forgotten in minutes of anger. Yeah, yeah, like what we say to our wife or you yeah. know, loved ones. Oh, I think about that. There's yeah. somebody get my doc gave me that piece of advice. Your doc? My doctor. Yeah. yeah. One of them. Mm. He's like, man, don't ever say anything. Change, change her opinion about you, the way she looks at you. Because you, we, we can. You and I can walk out that door right now and say something to somebody. It'll change the way they look at us. Like, I mean, immediately. Mm. And there's been a couple of times. Just, just, just to win. Yeah. Just to win the damn argument, we can do that. Yeah. And do it so, I mean, to, to kill the spirit just to win, we freaking do that. Yeah. And I, I, I man, that was the hardest. There's a couple times I was like, you know, trying to hold that back. It's in there for a reason, obviously. I needed it as a weapon, but not, not when you're wife. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, you imagine if your kids are standing around and you broke that some bitch out and freaking cut somebody with it? When you, uh, when you, we started this thing, you said, um, imagine if, the way you talk to your wife was uh, if you'd let another man talk to hey. you, got, you got me. I was, you, I was like, pow. I was like, dude, that when I hit guys that, with that one. You hit me with that. I was like, that, dude, I, it gets them in the chip behind it, the heart. It did. I, like I, immediately my, 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 heart. my demeanor was like, Oh, oh was yeah. Like, got me yeah. right between the eyes. I say that to the operators. They, they feel it the worst. Yeah. And, Cause when, when that guy hit me with it, I was like, son of a, yeah. Cause no one will whip just like we whip ourselves. The minute yeah. one of us, when you realize that you've done something, the look on your face—you don't have to say anything anymore. You don't have to, you know. After that, after I deliver that to them, they're just like, "Yeah." Not only that, you'll remember it. It's mm-hmm. one of those when you're, when your wife's standing there, you're like, "Fucking Marcus." <laughs> <laughs> she'll she'll, she'll watch this later on and be like, "Ah, that <laughs> son of a bitch ruined it forever." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody put that magic phrase on me and kind of—it's like when the old man would walk in. And like, you're my operator. You're the most deadly thing I got down here. You tell me some teenager in a car cut you off in traffic because he didn't know how to drive and that, <laughs> that pissed you off. Yeah. You know, he talked to me like that. I'm like, the old man. When the old man talks to you, because he's real quiet, you love him to death, you know he's a badass, right? And so they're just kind of like, and he's so proud of you because he knows what you're capable of. And it's not a yell, it's a reminder. Those are the worst, right? When they didn't, when the old man wouldn't yell at me, I was like, okay, could you just beat me? Could, <laughs> you know, just do something bad to us? No. You're better than that, right? And I'm like, damn it. Those are the worst. Freaking the old man. What do you guys got planned for the holiday for Christmas? We can stay home, you? Yeah, we're staying home. Uh, uh, that's the best. I think holiday, like Thanksgiving, you go mingle it up, but I think Christmas, man, we're going to chill. So we we used to travel around, and everyone expects you to travel around sure. until we had our like fourth kid and was like, <laughs> dude, if I can't drive to you, like I'm not b- b- paying six. Tickets to come see like you guys when it you know 
That makes the same a great distance. TV, though. Like, when they start writing movies, it's about guys like you in the minivan with all the kids. The, oh, special, the yeah. special Forces dude going to Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be some comedy in that somewhere. I could just see it. Yeah. And we're the same way. Yeah. We, we did the travel and, and, and kind of, but there's something about waking up in the morning. I wrap the kids' doors with, with wrapping presents, mm. so, or wrapping paper. So yeah. the first present I get is them coming out of the room. Nice. And then um, we don't clean up any of the wrapping paper throughout the day. There's a certain meal we you know, kind of make sure all the traditions set in. Mm-hmm. A Christmas story. Yep. I, 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 Marathon. I, I like to play it 24-7. Marathon. Doesn't did come you, off the TV. Did you? Uh, when was the first time you sat and watched A Christmas Story all the way through? That's a great story. It might have been after I got back from the military. That that It was way late in life. Yeah, I, th- I want to say it was like within the last five years. Yeah, and I, I watch it every yeah, year on rotation. And, like, sit there and like watch it. Yes. And I, I, sometimes I'll be like, man, I didn't know this was in there. Or like, I don't remember ever seeing this. Because yeah. you're watching in pieces all throughout the day. And listening. Yeah. Because there's stuff going on. Matter of fact, we do the trivia questions now. Or if, like, if you really pay attention, like what was sitting in the background? Um, blah, and this, that, and the other. Like, uh, of a Christmas story? Yeah. yeah. Did you do that uh, escape room yet? Uh-uh. So uh, there's escape rooms around here. I went on a double date with um, my wife and uh, my coworker and his wife. And one of the themes was a Christmas story. And it was like trivia, weird things. That, and it was the like it was the living room of a Christmas store with a lamp and everything. Oh, yeah. Like and yeah. I have one. Oh, nice. <laughs> I have a major award. Fragile. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a major award. Yep. Like the trivia. Great. Freaking great movie. Christmas story for Christmas is, I think, is great. Is that with uh, Reese Witherspoon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vince. Oh, I feel if it has a, Chris, a Christmas theme in it. Mm. If people were smart, they would just throw a Christmas time frame into a good movie, and then you know it's going to be set. Yeah. Scrooge with Bill Murray is one of my favorites. I've only watched it a few times. It's a good I one. Watch it. A Santa Claus is a big one. Home Alone, they say, is the largest grossing Christmas. I love movie. that one. How could you not? Yeah, I. That's one I grew up in. And uh, I mean, grown ass men. Have you tried to watch back it? Two wars. And which one? Have you tried to watch it with your kids? Man, well, it, I, it's an adult movie. I didn't realize that. The the first like ten minutes of the film of Home Alone One, the kid, the little like um, nerdy nine year old kid opens up and it's a Playboy oh, magazine. Yeah. And I, I was had like, that one. I had that Playboy <laughs> with that broadcaster on it. I saw that the other day and I laughed about yeah. it. That's right. Yeah. But uh, when, when I, I watched my, my, I put up my kids on. I was like, man, this is gonna be so much fun. Five minutes later, I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, the minute you think that they haven't seen the stuff that when if that pops into your head, like oh I don't want they weren't seen it. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really far ahead of us. Uh, we we are pretty uh, stringent in my house. Where like I am no too. YouTube, no nothing like that. I, no social media. We get that too. But you know they got to leave the house. Plus they got a lot of brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles running yeah. around. The and the school. And the school. My my nine year old came back and and I said something one time. She's like dad. Uh, I like said it loosely and not use the word. She's like dad. Are you talking about people being G A Y, and I was like, "What? How do you know what that is? You're nine years old." And she's like, "People say it at school." school and, they, and I said, "What?" Yeah. And uh, and that dawned on me, and I was like, "Man, what kind of schools? What are you guys doing there?" Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Even though they're talking about it in a good context, that's what we're learning. Yeah, pick that up quick. And, and what you said, uh, some kids have older um, siblings. Siblings, so yeah. The, the the way it really gets to them is if they're just a little bit older. You ever try to teach? I don't, this happened to me. This phenomenon. I try to teach my kids something, and then a kid will walk in two years older than him and say the same thing. Be like, oh, I get it. It's like they they learn fast, especially from the one right above them, and that that kind of dwindles down. It doesn't matter if you don't have them on social media or anything like that. They're still going to hear, hear parts of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe watered down, but they're still going to get it. Yeah. Just set the base. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. 
give them something solid to come home to. So when they go out in the field. So that's, that's growing as a, a man growing as a father, um, from having one child and reading books, like to help me prep for having daughters and everything. Yeah. Uh, uh, strong, strong fathers, strong daughters is, uh, probably the best book the, of a new and coming father. Uh, it said that whenever you have a baby, quit worrying if you're going to have a boy or girl, you have a baby. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I and, did that. And that, and, and what you said about having a strong foundation in the household, uh, when if you lead them in a great way, when it comes time for them to leave the house and make those decisions, you already knew, like you gave them such a good foundation. Sure, they got to do something. They're yeah. going to act a certain way. Mm. Which way did you put in there? Yeah. We all do that. We all react off something we've seen, especially if it's cool. Mm. You see something, team guys are the worst about that or the best about it. You see something, come on, I'm going to steal that from you. Mm. I'm going to use that. Do you mind? So I, I think about that all the time. I mean, they're, they're going to act some way. I don't care how old you are. If you, for the first time, you get into a situation, you'll react like a child. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the things about when they put us through selection, they just throw everything at us just to see what we'll do. Mm. Like, put that sucker in as much chaos as you possibly can to see what he acts like. Most of us just kind of... <laughs> going back to the selection, do you remember, because uh, uh, Force Recon and, and Seal Buds, uh, it's all the same in the pool. Like, do you like they, we call it the beehive when they like have everyone swarm together like, and you're swimming like this and you're hitting the bottom, you're they're throwing bricks, they're throwing the chairs in there. Talking about watching people freak out. Do you, do you, could you like, I'm trying to remember like thing. I, I don't remember in the moment. I just remember out of body watching yep. just myself, like sur yep. trying to survive every day and then drown proofing. You couldn't help it because you get. Yeah, when your legs are tied, then people's fins would get in there. They didn't mean to, but they'd push it because you had that mask and couldn't scream. Yeah. And then you they would get caught in your pants or your shirt or whatever <laughs> and just keep down, down. Oh, yeah. That was... It was brutal. Some of that stuff was freaking... It was just a survival. Yes. A lot of that stuff's just survive. It, just it's, get through it. It's controlled and, chaos and brutal. Like, if you... Like, that's why I say, like, out-of-body experience. If you were to watch it, it's like salmon jumping on each yeah, other. and Just, just like, like that. Yeah. And just pure just chaos. Just like that. Everyone, like, is, there's no whites in your eyes. It's just pupils and just survival mode. Yeah. You can see some, you want to see some faces that you've never seen before. Like my buddy and I, he's like, man, I saw you, you, you look like you were dying. I'm like, what'd that look like? He was like, it was funny. I was like, well, shit, your ass look funny too, man. <laughs> one of my, one of my buds in, uh, in my selection class, he was like, uh, in through recon school, he was like, he's like, sometimes I'll look over there and, and watch you. And it's like, you're trying to get extra buoyance through your, your through your cheeks. Like right, you yeah. go like this. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, guys, face like hey, I'm trying to survive, man. <laughs> hey, maybe that's extra buoyant so my right? head doesn't no, no, no. go under. Do you do anything? <laughs> yeah. Anything? Yeah. When you throw them tanks on there, man, you're trying to stay afloat. That, that thing almost killed me. Oh, uh, the tank, tank treads? Me twice. Yeah, tank yeah. tread. Mm. I kicked our asses. I, I tried to bleed my tanks down. I tried to do all that. And I, I they got pissed and made us do the double cinch up. And we yeah. had them high on the, on the shoulder. Yeah, I didn't do well. They kicked my ass. I mean, when I say I didn't do well, it means I didn't look cool doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing. It was survival. Yeah. It was doing all kinds of stupid shit. I, I love it. It's like looking back at it, it's so funny. It's so like. So great. And it's just, it's so crappy of like, I always try to explain to people. It's like, man, pre-dive and like selection or whatever in the pool. It's like holding you down and drowning you and suffocating you and then getting you brought back the light. And they're like, it, Can you believe that? We did that? Can you believe we did that? I look back at that sometimes. Like, I don't know how we did I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't do that now. Sometimes I tell people, and like they, they like I don't, I feel like it doesn't truly resonate. And uh, 
Now, now the great thing is now I run it. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I get, well, most of our guys are running the show now. That's yeah. the best part about it. I, like, I can't believe we're all we're growing up. But, but uh, I, I'm not as uh, sinister as that where like some, so you have the two instructors, one who does it because like it's a power thing or like I try to do it because I don't, I don't want to haze you that like the training of the standard is going to be hard itself. We got guys that talk about that all the time. Yeah. The training in itself is going to kick your ass yeah. and then you got the instructors to throw the added benefits. Yes. Yeah. We got them. So some guys hate that. Some guys swear by it. Say you need it. Yeah, uh, I, I, that's a. I think that argument will be around forever. Yeah, I remember when uh, I was going through pre dive. I'd earned my spot to uh, combat dive school. Um, so ours is in the pipe. Like ours is in the pipeline now. But at the time, it is now. yeah, it is it now. It wasn't then. None yeah, of it was, yeah right. I had to do three deployments and before yeah. you even thought about yep, it. Yep, and until into dive school, five deployments to get to free fall. Um, Shit, you didn't even think about asking for free fall unless you'd have way more. Than that. We're the same way. Now yeah. it's all all that's yeah. in there. But which and and like and then you get the other perspective where guys, my, my peers were like, I can't believe. I'm like, no good. They're coming to they come to the team already insert complete. And now all I have to do is go. You're going to sniper. You're going to breacher. You're going to X Y Z. And what now that you can get to the mission with the team? Yeah. What can you bring to the team? Yeah, you know the difference is they're badasses, and then there's a difference between a badass and a certified badass. You get to that team and then they send us over. That's when you get your certs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're a badass when you show up. I mean, yeah, they got every qual. Yeah. Jump, dive, dim, I mean, everything. I mean, they put... That's one thing that did happen to us. They streamlined that damn thing quick. Yeah. But uh, when they get in there, yeah, there's then you got to get that cert. Yeah. Uh, dive school, man. That was so... Pre-dive. I was the only one to graduate. And like what you're talking about, the instructors. We had a, a instructor who was just like... just wreaking havoc just because he had this power thing it was like 22 pound tanks or sorry 22 pound weight vest and then the sand tanks yeah. and so they, they, they built it up it was like eight pounds okay everyone's doing it for like two minutes whatever um then it goes like uh you know 10 pounds 12 pounds well now people are starting to fall out and they're now they're pushing you until every it was like me and one other guy and it was like until you actually drown like how many yeah. how much weight can you go or you can bring it back Oh my god! Once you know that, yeah, like our medics are great. Like they, they, they know how to kill you. Yeah, and what I mean by that is they'll take you all the way to the edge. Yeah, take all the way the edge. Yeah, he's still good. He's still good. God, him bring him back. Boom. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, and then and then they'll they'll tell all the fakers because they the guys who know that they'll they'll say like oh that I gave it all I got. Then you go to it's like get your ass back in the pool. Yeah. Like take <laughs> your ass right back in. Yeah. It's like that sort of scene sure from uh, Christmas Story. Ho, ho. Yeah, and they yeah. push your face right back in the pool. Get your ass back <laughs> down in there, man. That's good stuff, brother. Friggin' Merry Christmas, man. Yeah, I guess it's up on us. Thanks again for coming out here and doing this. Well, I appreciate it, yeah. You bet. You bet. You got anything, Hunter? No, I think, uh, think y'all covered everything. I appreciate you coming down, too. Uh, had a great talk. Thanks, everybody, for listening to today's episode. We really appreciate your time. And don't forget to go check out our Instagram and any socials at team underscore never quit to stay up to date with everything we've got going on. Thanks again, guys, and we'll see you next week.